We are joined by Tim Hudak, former leader of the Ontario Conservatives, now at the Ontario Real Estate Association. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, John Moore. All right, so let's lean in on your expertise as an economist. It's budget day in Ottawa. What are you looking for? Well, I think you'll see a classic liberal budget. I mean, my, my biggest concern, whether economist or somebody uh, on the conservative side of the spectrum, is just to reduce spending. The increase in in spending that we saw going into COVID and then accelerates through COVID is simply not sustainable. And there's that old expression, John, there's nothing as permanent as a temporary government program. I worry that a lot of that spending that came during COVID will get baked into permanent increases. So number one, that, that's what I'm looking for. And secondly, is a growth plan to help create, to make, set the stage for you know, more jobs and more uh, better paying jobs in the future. What do I expect? Well, there, you've got a tax affordability crisis, so no surprise uh, on the so-called grocery rebate. It's a cleverly uh, packaged uh, extension of the doubling of the GST rebate that took place next year. So they'll do it for another six months. Uh, this liberal coalition with the NDP will also focus whether it's dental care in this budget or a future one. And then subsidies to uh, businesses in the clean tech, green economy. Uh, I think that's the other major card that they will play. On, on a less important thing, but I'm curious as a fan of politics, I bet you are too. Mm-hmm. The beer tax. Oh, yeah. They've done that. Bob and Doug McKenzie, we heard that on News Talk 10 quite recently. I think it's most like one of the most clever sort of political uh, advertisements I've heard in a long time. Will that actually prove to be effective and stop a massive increase? I think they're heading towards a 7% beer tax. We'll see if Bob and Doug still got it. Yeah, I was wondering about that this morning before we started the show, but I suspect that the government will press forward with that tax because I don't think people are going to stop drinking beer because the price of beer is going up. Uh, no, but they, they, they put a lot of focus on it. It got a lot of attention. Oh, yeah, no, it's uh, a great campaign. I'm going to say that SCTV still has legs. Yeah, it's going to increase. Now, this was you know what I call a stealth tax. So every year, uh, the price of alcohol was going to go up under the federal budget. Dalton McGinty brought in a similar one in Ontario by inflation. Inflation now running towards 7%, so that was going to be the increase. I bet you it won't be as big as they, uh, as they claimed uh, it was uh, going to be. This will definitely be a budget the NDP can support. It will be have a lot of NDP hallmarks on it. And the conservatives, I think, will then say it, it does not control spending. You should actually reduce the dollar in spending for every dollar uh, that you uh, increase. And we'll see if they have something uh, additional to add when it comes to the affordability crisis. Okay. And without dwelling forever on the budget, um, I'd be curious about your thoughts on the fact that we're, we're at an interesting you know, sort of uh, flexion point in all of this where uh, you know, the government probably wants to do a whole bunch of grand liberal things in order to please people before we go to a vote. And yet, you know, in order to fight inflation and not borrow even more money, they probably simply can't. It is a, cr- a critical balance to try to achieve. So you don't want to uh, I- increase government spending such that you throw more fuel on the fire of inflation. And, if, and inflation is a terrible disease. It makes life more unaffordable and eats away at our savings. At the same time, the top issue in Canada is the affordability crisis. So how do you you know, walk that tightrope, John? And I, I think no surprise that they'll do this uh, uh, so-called grocery rebate. It'll be politically popular. Sure, we'll complain it's not keeping up with how much we're spending in groceries, but I think people will take those checks and spend it. And that's a less dangerous alternative than to really open the floodgates to further uh, further spending. Toronto's son, uh, using information from a, an alleged police uh, leaker, uh, suggests that the Keel Street station stabber may have been on some form of release. As a matter of fact, in one version, he had stabbed somebody else, but he was still awaiting trial. 
Yeah, no, no surprise here, right? What are the odds of that? I, I'm getting sick and tired of our, you know, revolving door justice system that puts dangerous criminals back on the street that results in people being killed uh, or, or assaulted. I can't can imagine sending your your 16 year old kid, Miller's 15, and an innocent trip on the subway, and and you're waiting for the door to open. You're waiting for a call, a text message. Why are you late? And you're finding out they're killed. And then murdered by somebody who shouldn't be out in the streets in the first place. Or, or that police officer that was killed in, what, Haldeman uh, or Norfolk County just a little while ago. Similarly, somebody who should not be out on the streets pulled the trigger. So, so number one, take away the get-out-of-jail-free cards. Number two, I, I can't believe we actually withdrew the police coverage from the subway after only a couple of months. What a veneer that was. Let's see that fixed up. I'm dying to see which of the Toronto mayoral candidates will actually come out being tough on crime, making the subway safe again. And I think we're getting the point, John, when you see all of these stranger attacks that are unrelated, mental health imbalances, do people have a right to sleep in parks? Do they have a right to stay in subways with mental health challenges? Or does it get to the point with violent offenders, you actually have to force some kind of treatment? I think we're getting near that point. Formerly Liberal MP, now Independent, Han Dong says he's going to sue Global News over the report that they made uh, about him having told the Chinese Consul General in Toronto that they should hold the two Michaels in China. It's going to be an interesting case because, I mean, in journalism, it's a familiar thing that somebody gets a scoop, but then everybody else goes and finds their own sources and confirms it. And Tim, to date, nobody has been able to confirm this story. So Global News is kind of the farmer in the Dell here, or the cheese, actually. The cheese stands alone. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, you, you, you got to fight back. I mean, you have to. Your, your career is absolutely dead. Canadians are, are very fair uh, people. They like a redemption story in life, and that it can be true in politics as well. But, man, there is no coming back when, when it's believed that you have betrayed your country. It's hard to think of a greater sin that voters would, would never forgive. So, And the other thing is when you when you – Step down in politics like this. Uh, this this is on a very brilliant public stage. So how do you find work elsewhere? How do you actually provide for your family? You've got no choice but to fight back. And Hendong's exact statement, what I thought was actually rather powerful. He talked about how his uh, family left China right after the Tiananmen Square uh, attack on on the pro democracy forces. His father was put into a re education camp and forced labor for uh, over a year, and then fled when they could you got to be super aggressive otherwise it's done it's cooked for you and your family and number one i'd love to see him continue to push for a full public inquiry the only way really to clear their names to get to the bottom of this and he is a victim his own prime minister's intransigence in shine a light on what really happened Watching live sports apparently is actually psychologically good for you maybe not that much of a surprise love it and uh and, and yeah, it's interesting to see the science behind it. You know, some of my happiest uh, memories as a kid, my dad taking me to, to Buffalo Bills games and Sabres games. We grew up in Fort right across the border, so it was right next door. I remember vividly a trip my family took to, um, to St. Louis. And uh, my dad and I went to a ball game. And John, I think I was about 9 or 10 years old. I can still see in my mind's eye this guy over in the corners. We lined up for tickets because that's what you did in the day. St. Louis Cardinals cap pulled over his eyes. A jacket on says, whispers to my dad, hey, bud, hey, bud, come over here. And then 
sold him tickets, I think, nine rows be- behind home plate for the uh, the Cardinals. The suspicious-looking character became like an angel to me. Love that game. And now I do this with my daughters. I offer them. I say, you guys choose. You want baseball, basketball, uh, football, soccer, hockey, and I always throw in WWE Pro Wrestling. <laughs> I like that one. They've not drafted that one yet. We're about to do another round, and it's a great joy for me uh, as a dad now to do what my dad for me did for me individually with each of my daughters, Miller and Maitland. And, and I get it because it's not entertainment is fun. You do it with your family, but there's something special about sports. It's the camaraderie, the collegiality. You're there with fellow travelers. You're cheering for the home gang and against the, the villains that have rolled into town to spoil your buzz, the atmosphere, the interaction. I guess a concert would be the closest thing, but for me, no other better entertainment to give me a charge and a happy memory for my family. Thank you, sir. Good to have you this morning. Have a great day. <laughs>